This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. As usual with me in studio, my co-host, Naz Marchese. And joining us in studio this morning, uh, former Washington Capitol, former Toronto Maple Leaf, and a friend of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, at least some Sundays he's a friend of ours, Lou Franceschetti. Good morning, Lou. How are you? Morning, Wally. I'm driving down here this morning and I'm surprised this part of the city is... It's still in one piece after last night. <laughs> Certainly, uh, you brought us right to the topic of conversation. So uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, I was at the game yesterday, and uh, just to give our listeners an idea of what uh, we'll be chatting about today, obviously, Toronto has become the city of champions uh, in, a, in a very short period of time. So the TFC, the Reds, won the MLS, MLS Cup last night at BMO Field in a in an exciting game, so we're certainly going to chat about that. And right after our first break, a gentleman I was uh, privileged to uh, spend some time with yesterday watching the game, the mayor of the city of Vaughan, who uh, actually was a quite talented soccer player in his younger years, and he's a passionate soccer fan and a passionate supporter of TFC and uh, the TFC team that plays in Vaughan. Well, of course, we're talking about Mayor Maurizio Bevilacqua. We're thrilled to talk to him about Last night's game, he was uh, he was jumping up and down when uh, when TFC scored that goal, and we were all thrilled about that victory. Of course, there's another team in town that sort of uh, people haven't been talking about for the last two or three or four days anyways. Uh, of course, we're talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs, and on the radar screen, they uh, they delivered a, a victory last night at uh, against the Pittsburgh Penguins and uh, in Pittsburgh, and uh, we'll be talking to Lance Hornby, the writer for the Toronto Sun and the National Post uh, talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, so uh, an exciting time in uh, in Toronto sports history. Naz, uh, I was at the game. I know you watched the game. Lou, you watched the game. We talked about it. My voice is a little bit hoarse this morning. Uh, I, was, uh, I was excited and I was thrilled and passionate and... Um, your uh, your impressions of the oh, game to- and, and totally the celebration. Dom- totally dominant last night, for sure. Toronto FC dominated the play, and it seemed like Seattle never touched the ball the whole game, just just the way it looked. And uh, I was getting worried at the 65-minute mark and no score yet, but Altidore has come back with two big goals in the last two games. Very good effort. Lewis? I didn't watch last year's game, but uh, I heard a lot about it, and uh, hey, it's... Last night, I usually don't watch soccer, especially MLS, but I, I was intrigued last night on seeing uh, compared to what they did last year. And uh, it, was, it was one of those games that you knew Toronto was kept on pushing, kept on pushing. After Altador scored that goal in the 67th minute, you were just wondering and biting your, your fingernails if whether the Sounders were going to come back and just <laughs> score the one goal. And they almost did. They almost did. Um, 
it, it was uh, it was intriguing. It was great. It brought a tear to my eye to finally watch uh, an actual Toronto franchise win a championship. I didn't watch the Argo game uh, two weeks ago, but it, it was nice to see with watch all the followers. It, it, this franchise has been amazing since the the first day it got named, and uh, it was great to watch all those people. I wish they would have played it in the in the Rogers Center. They probably would have gotten fifty thousand people in there, and it would have been a zoo. It was. Uh, it. Uh, I'll disagree with. I'll uh, respectfully disagree with that. With that, Lou. I don't think this. This game should not have been at the Rogers Center. It was in the perfect place. BMO Field is a great. It's a great venue for soccer, and um, you know the field was fine. They heat the field. Uh, you know the the air was uh, kind of cool, but didn't seem it didn't seem to affect the game as much as I think it affected last year's game. It wasn't as cold. Last night, I mean, I was I was dressed, I was ready to survive an Antarctic march with the penguins, with all the all the layers and everything else I had on. So I never actually got cold, uh, but there were some people around me that were were sort of feeling it a little bit. But it didn't seem to affect the game at all. Um, TFC came out, um, and you know, I mean, I'm a I'm a passionate soccer fan, and I mean, I'd love to have this conversation with Mayor Bevilacqua in a few minutes, uh, and. And I was just, I know that Altador, and, we, and you and I talked about this earlier, Lou. I know that Altador won the MVP, but I watched that game. And we were, in, we, were, we were behind one of the nets. It was the net, unfortunately, not the net where the TFC ended up scoring the goals. So I actually really haven't seen the Altador goal yet. Uh, I've got, I haven't had time to see the highlights. I mean, I was physically in the stadium, but my eyesight not being what it used to be, I, it was difficult for me to see the other end of the field. All I, all I know is when, when it happened, I didn't see the ball go into the net. I just can't see that far. Um, I mean, it just the eruption. I mean, it was just insane. And the first thing that came to me is I, I looked around and, and, I, and I asked Marie, is there a flag? Like the first thing you think about in soccer now, it's I, a said, I says, <laughs> I've just jumped 18 <laughs> inches in the air, and please don't tell me there's a flag because I couldn't see that far. I didn't see the play develop. And then I, you know, everybody looked around. And I said, "There's no flag," and I saw the all the uh, all the players celebrating in the corner. And I said, "Oh, what a relief!" And it was just the most. I mean, if if you haven't been to BMO Field, I mean, I was there last year when they played the Impact in that incredible game the second game and last night when 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 they when altador i mean it's just the whole place just shakes it's just the most incredible venue um but going back to altador the beast in that game was michael bradley i mean he was everywhere on that pitch i mean i was you know watching him he was playing like a man possessed absolutely no question he was heads and shoulders the best player on the field. Just an absolutely remarkable performance. Um, I think he was playing, I mean, Vanny's, Vanny's uh, set up, and sorry to tell you, I mean, I'm sorry to... Yeah, they played a 4-4-2 last night. Yeah, uh, they played the 4-4-2 last night, and it was a change from the setup he had before. I think it was, it was a 5-3-2. They call it a diamond or, what, or a 3-5-2. Uh, so he, he, he gave Vanny all the credit in the world. I mean, he put a you know he put a formation out there, but Bradley I think was playing position we used to call sweeper or close to it. I don't even know what they call. It. I mean, none of these guys midfielder. Yeah, they, they, he, but he yeah. was playing both sides of the field. He was up and down. He was chasing the ball down, 
he was encouraging his teammates. He was the ultimate captain last night. It was just just watching him and, you know, thinking about the days that I used to play in the, in the, uh, the soccer players that I admired when I grew up and watching Bradley, I mean, he just, and I, and I get it, you know, I'm going to get criticized because it's not European soccer. It's not La Liga. It's not the premier. It's not Serie A. You know, I don't want to hear that today, this morning. Um, in that match last night, Michael Bradley played like a world-class footballer. He really did. Uh, he elevated his game. He's just like, have you ever heard the term refuse to lose? That was Michael Bradley last night. I don't know your impressions, Lou. The same, Naz. Uh, he's been the best player on the team for the last two years. He's that good. And you got to remember the sweeper or the midfielder positions, like the quarterback in football, and you very important person on the on the pitch. And uh, Bradley's been a great player ever since he got here. Anyways, I, we've got to go. I mean, uh, I, I apologize to you two guys. I got like, a little bit long winded there. I just I get passionate about this stuff and. Every now and then you just got to tell me to shut up. That's okay. But uh, I, I, mean, I, had, I felt like I had to get that out. Uh, we've gone a, a couple little minutes over, over time here before break, so we've got to get the break. Another really passionate soccer fan is going to be on the line right after the break, and that, of course, is the Honorable, the Mayor of the City of Vaughan, my good friend, and our good friend, as his good friend and Lou's good friend, Maurizio Bevilacqua. We'll be right back. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville announced that you can get a three-topping party pizza with 24 slices for just $24. It's perfect for large groups on a budget, like staff meetings, sports teams or special ops units. Go, 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 go. So before you break down any doors, get a three-topping party pizza with 24 square slices for just $24. Call Pizzaville on your cell phone at pound 3636. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000-square-foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge, the best. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. Are they ever wrong about sports? I can answer that in two words. Impossible. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. 
Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM 740 and once again in downtown Toronto. Also broadcasting on 96.7 FM on the internet, live streaming at www.zoomerradio.ca. We're still... uh, the voice is a little bit, a uh, little bit uh, uh, rough this morning. Uh, still, this recovering from the celebrations from last night, and we're pleased to welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, the Honorable, the Mayor of the City of Vaughan, Maurizio Bevilacqua. Good morning, Mayor. How are you this morning? Good morning. Great. Just uh, as well recovering from that fantastic, <laughs> magical moment uh, last night at BMO Field. A great victory. Great team. Uh, Overall, a wonderful experience. And certainly, and, uh, you know, you and I, have, uh, we were uh, privileged to uh, share watching the game together yesterday. And I know that you were, uh, you're a passionate soccer fan in a lot of ways. You're a passionate TFC fan. Of course, TFC has had their team in, in the city of Vaughan as well. And uh, not only a passionate soccer fan, I'm pleased to tell the uh, our listening public that uh, we've known each other for a long time, and you're a pretty good soccer player when you were in your youth as well, and it's a passion of yours. Uh, the game yesterday, uh, your assessment from a uh, technical point of view, what were you? What impressed you more about TFC than anything else? Well, I would say, for example, that uh, Michael Bradley really uh, stood out. Uh, Josie Altador did what he had to do. Jovinko did as well. Um, I also think the addition of Vasquez uh, this season has been uh, really uh, a very important part of the, the team success. And uh, Greg Vanny has uh, really matured into uh, a world-class uh, coach. They have a great, uh, great uh, office, uh, front office with uh, Tim Bezuchenko and as well as uh, uh, Bill Manning. Uh, Tannenbaum has been able to build something uh, really special uh, in MLS. I mean, the, everything came together, and uh, you know, Vasquez, of course, it was I think uh, a, a key to uh, to this year's success. But but overall, let's not forget that over thirty thousand people showed up. Uh, the fans are by far the best in in, in the MLS. Uh, the energy was uh, unlike the prior game. Uh, the energy was very high amongst the fans, and uh, the result was uh, just perfect. Do nothing. Nobody can say anything about that score. It's clear, and uh, it's uh, it crystallizes really uh, the whole uh, the whole journey uh, towards the MLS Cup. This is a team that has won, uh, broken many records, uh, won the Supporters Shield, uh, won the Canadian Championship, uh, has won now the MLS Cup. Uh, they have in Josie Altidore an MVP, uh, All Star player. Uh, as I said earlier, Jovinko with his uh, Precision passing uh, to uh, uh, to uh, uh, Josie uh, made it made it happen as well. So overall, very very. What's really important, uh, uh, Wally, as well, is the journey, right? Uh, I mean, now the cup has been raised, but the journey that took that team to to where they ended up uh, has really has really been uh, a wonderful uh, sports story. Mayor, it's uh, Naz Marchese. How are you today? Hi, yeah, Naz. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Soccer has been a tough sell since 19, the early 60s. People have been trying to bring soccer in. How come this was so successful? Well, this is successful because they have uh, real professionals running it. I think that you're part of a uh, MLSC, which is uh, an organization that really understands sports. Uh, uh, they've been able to um, to attract a lot of fans. I remember, and, and Wally would remember, we used to get excited if, you know, we... We went to watch NSL soccer and draw, and people, four or five thousand people would show up. That would be a, a great show. 
but this is a different this is a different time. The MLS structure, I think, is uh, is the right structure. Uh, and uh, and uh, you know, look, they invested heavily in Michael Bradley, Josie Altidore, and as well as um, as Jovinko. Uh, these are high salary players who created the excitement and the buzz that soccer needed, and uh, people responded. But you know, you get seventy two thousand people now in Atlanta, and uh, this is a real league. Uh, they're not getting uh, this this type of uh, of numbers uh, in Europe, uh, so it's uh, it's it's it really shows that with uh, when you get professionals running the sports, you can achieve great things. Uh, talking to Mayor Maurizio Bevilacqua of the city of Vaughan, and uh, one thing that really struck me is I was uh, I was leaving the stadium last night, uh, and then I and then I heard the interview with with uh, with Altador, and Altador made the comment. He thanked all the Toronto fans, and he said, Toronto's the greatest place in the world to be. And and that just struck me because what happened is, you know, we've had two celebrations in the last couple of weeks. And, Mayor, I want you to, uh, you know, to comment on this and how this is a reflection of the great city. You know, obviously Toronto's a city, but we're part of, a, of an area called the Greater Toronto Area, yeah. which is, of course, Vaughan is a, is a key part of that is uh, there's no talk of violence this morning. There's no talk of property damage. I'm walking out of the stadium yesterday with thousands of other people that are just happy and looking for a place to celebrate. And what, yeah. is that, what does that say about this particular area of the world that we live in? Well, let's, let, let's, look. let's look at that stadium. That stadium is filled of people that uh, come from all over the world. Uh, there's a dignity and an integrity, and there's a... A character to the city of, of Toronto and the GTA. Uh, you're you're talking about a, a place on Earth that is very very special and uh, a place where where people feel comfortable, where people have uh, a great deal of mutual respect, understanding, compassion for each other. And yesterday, uh, you're right. There was a civility to the experience that uh, was uh, was palpable in the sense that uh, people were truly in a joyful state, in a peaceful state. Uh, and uh, just uh, embracing the moment and living that particular moment right there and then, and that's and that's what city, that's what cities throughout the world ought to be ought to be like. And and we're very fortunate, of course, uh, that uh, we uh, we get to live in this uh, in this paradise on earth. <laughs> Lou, Maurizio, it's Lou Francescetti. How are you this morning? Hi, Lou. Good morning. Uh, I remember listening to last night's or last year's game and as uh, disappointing as it was outplaying uh, the Seattle team and, and losing on penalty kicks. And the way they came out last night, it w- I was shocked to see it. They really didn't sit back. It, it didn't look like last year was even played. They they more or less they took the play right to Seattle, right from the, the first kick of the ball. Um, and I, I would truly, I was really enjoyed in watching the way that they did play. And uh, and the composure that they kept against the Seattle team, knowing that Seattle hadn't allowed a goal in, in almost, uh, what, three, two months here? Since October, uh, early October. October 1st. So uh, kudos to, to the TFC tonight and also the fans and, and making this place a great place to, to play for the city. Um, moving forward, where is this Toronto TFC going? Uh, how many players do they have coming back? Are they going to keep the, the core intact? Uh, and will there be any moves uh, in the season uh, uh, to make this team better? Because you know they're going to have a target on their back next year. That's right. But I, I do think that uh, the journey they went through last year, uh, 
by uh, losing a penalty kick really strengthened uh, the character uh, of the team. I think you'll see the core coming back. Uh, it's uh, it's very important, of course, uh, to keep people like Josie Altidore and Michael Bradley and uh, Vasquez. Uh, and let's not forget something. Uh, Alex Bono kept this team in, in some games as well. So sometimes he's... Uh, He's forgotten. He's an, an excellent uh, keeper, and every team, uh, every team needs that. But Lou is a former professional athlete. You would know that. You know, after you raise a, a Stanley Cup, in your case, uh, what after you do that, really, what's really important is the journey that took you there, right? You, you know, uh, one thing I noticed as well uh, last night: people weren't leaving right away. They stuck around. They they really were were, were enjoying the moment. I predict that the, the core will will stay, and. Uh, 20, uh, 2018 will be the year where they really have to uh, confirm that they are the greatest team ever assembled. Uh, Greg Vanny, in an interview last uh, last night, actually said that he feels this is the best MLS franchise ever put uh, put together. I also have to say something about Greg Vanny. He, he, he showed a lot of class uh, putting in uh, Benoit Chiru uh, near the end there. Uh, Benoit, I don't know what his future holds, but it was great to see him. Uh, he's around 36, uh, 37 years old, stepping on the field and uh, and playing, even though the last five, ten minutes. Uh, I think that shows the type of character that uh, that Greg Vanny has. He's a, he's a class act, and uh, the the team obviously has responded. So I think that Tim Bezvachenko, as well as Bill Manning and and Greg, will keep uh, will keep uh, the core team. There's a uh, no question. And the following next year will be just as uh, like this year. Now we have to look forward to another MLS Cup where we actually can say, look, we're reconfirming uh, our greatness as, uh, as uh, an MLS uh, uh, franchise. We're talking to uh, Mayor Maurizio Bevilacqua of the city of Vaughan. Maurizio, we won't keep you much longer, but there is an important event coming up that we uh, we we uh, we should chat about just for a couple of minutes, and I you know I've had uh, I've had an office in the city of Vaughan uh, almost basically since I started. It's been thirty years, and there's what I consider might be the most important event in the history of the city, if not the most important event in the history of the city. Probably pretty close. Uh, of course, that's the uh, December seventeenth is an incredibly important moment in the history of the city of Vaughan. You're important in that story, and tell us all about uh, tell us all about that momentous day. Yes, we're going to be the first uh, city uh, outside of the city of Toronto to actually uh, have a subway. Uh, we're going to have three stations in the city uh, of Vaughan. For us, it's, uh, it's a great opportunity. We're building the Vaughan Metropolitan Centre around, uh, around the, uh, the stations, it's opened up uh, incredible potential. 30,000 people will live and or work in that area. Uh, the subway is, uh, is, you know, has transformative powers for our city. Uh, the, you know, we're going to have approximately 1.5 million square feet of office space. Uh, uh, 12,000 residential units uh, will uh, will be built, and that's going to be just in that core area. So uh, it's going to be a great day, December 17th. But let's also uh, not forget it's going to be a great convenience for uh, for the, the the users who are going to, of course, uh, go to downtown Toronto or elsewhere uh, using this uh, new subway. So it's uh, it's great. And when you couple it with, uh, you know, we're building a $1.8 billion hospital, uh, the first smart technology hospital in, in uh, Canada, It's uh, this is certainly the golden era for the city of Vaughan. We've been talking to uh, Mayor uh, Maurizio Bevilacqua. 
Maurizio, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, really remarkable event last night, and uh, we wish you all the best. Thank you. We appreciate your time. Thank you, Ollie, Lou, and uh, Nas. Have a great day. Have a great, uh, have a great day, Mayor Bevilacqua. Gentlemen, the discussion has already started. The, uh, the preliminary reports are, and it's really difficult to argue with this, TFC is the greatest, this year's edition of TFC is the greatest team in MLS history. In fact, Alexi Lawless tweeted that last night, American International, that uh, you'd be shocked that he would make that uh, claim. But he tweeted, Alexi Lawless used to be the keeper, I believe, on a whole bunch of U.S. national teams. He's a soccer analyst for Fox Sports tweeted last night that TFC is the greatest franchise in MLS history. Pretty tough for an American to concede that to a Canadian team, number one. But uh, is there any argument, uh, any discussion whatsoever? Certainly we're, we're, uh, we're probably biased in this part of the world, but their accomplishments this year are really, really massive. Uh, there's that debate uh, and I'm, there's, there's no question in my mind that, that this is the greatest season in MLS history. Uh, the next debate starts, uh, where does this TFC team fit in the greatest teams in Toronto sports history? Uh, and I'm certainly, you got to think about that one. And I don't want to hear those guys that say that this is minor league soccer. When I, we were watching last night, we certainly didn't feel it was minor league soccer. There were 31,000 crazy fanatic Toronto fans that were having the time of their lives. So we didn't think it was minor, and I don't think it's minor league soccer. Uh, can they compete with the top teams in Europe? Probably not. But uh, Maurizio Bevilacqua, Mayor Bevilacqua, made a really interesting point, which is absolutely true. The average attendance at a Serie A game in Italy is now 22,000, 23,000 people. TFC averages 30,000 people. So any preliminary thoughts of where this TFC teams? I mean, obviously, we have the Blue Jays from the, from the uh, early 90s. Uh, we have the Leaf, the, some of the great Leaf teams in history. Um, you know, we've got some of the great Argo teams in history. Uh, but this TFC team, I think, uh, you know, the greatest team in their sport, in their league, in North America, man, you got to put them up there pretty high. Any preliminary thoughts? Well, it's yeah, – that's a tough question only because uh, I guess their record speaks for themselves this year. The points, uh, the way they, especially the way, what what is it so good about it is the way they came back after last year's defeat. They could have easily folded at the start of the year, been frustrated and taken things over. But what they've done, they, they built with Vasquez coming in and they, they said, boys, this is our year. We got a taste of what it tastes uh, of, of what it tastes to lose last year. This year, we're going to go all the way. And you look at the great Blue Jay teams in 92, 93. You look at the Leaf teams back in the 60s. You look at back even with the Argos that they had through their uh, their runs. It's a tough, really, thing to, to grasp. And you could put them up there in the top five. There's really not much space between the best Leaf team, the best Argos team, and the best Blue Jay team of all time. So it's great to, to put them in that same talk. Uh, let's see what happens now if they can come back or is just this year just one of those years that everything fell in place for them. 
I think they're in the in the top five for sure. They, they were the best team, and they won, right? But you know, Larry Tannenbaum has hoisted two cups now. <laughs> you know what the third one is. Eh? Well, we Next know, one. and we're going to talk about that right after the break with Lance Hornby. We'll be right back. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville introduced the Pizzaville app. Order your Pizzaville favourites right on your cell phone. It's easy, fast, and unlike other apps, the Pizzaville app lets you order and pay for your food. OK, I've opened the app. Now I'm placing my order. Now I've paid for my order. Whoa. Download your free Pizzaville app today from the Apple App Store or Google Play. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal, yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. Bridge. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. They never argue sports. They just explain while they're always correct. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village, uh, still celebrating uh, TFC's uh, victory, but... uh, We've got another important team in town that's uh, making a little bit of a run, and uh, hopefully Larry Tannenbaum's going to be three months, uh, three times lucky. But uh, we're going to join. Joining us right now is Lance Hornby. Lance Hornby is, of course, found in the Post Media Network, the Toronto Sun, the National Post, and papers all across the uh, all across the country, writing about the Toronto Maple Leafs and and all other topics so hockey wise. Lance, good morning. How are you? Good morning, guys. How you doing? We're doing great. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we're going to change topics. We've been talking TFC all morning long, but now we've got uh, the team in blue and white, and Naz is wearing his Toronto Maple Leafs uniform this morning. Lance, the Leafs, uh, big victory last night. Uh, got sort of Leafs have been sort of overshadowed for the last two, three, four days in this city, or perhaps the whole week. But uh, they, uh, they've account- they've uh, certainly an accomplishment beating two-time Stanley Cup winner in their own barn last night. Uh, your impressions of the game? Well, certainly they uh, gave Pittsburgh everything they could handle. They scored early, which helps, uh, and uh, took advantage of uh, Tristan Jari, the uh, uh, Pittsburgh goaltender who's filling in for uh, 
for the starter, he's not uh, been off to uh, to a great start. Matt Murray uh, out for a, a few days, and that's throwing this kid in. I, I saw him a little bit in the rookie tournaments the last uh, couple of years. Uh, you know, he everyone has to start somewhere. He's going through a bit of a, a rough pass right now, but generally Pittsburgh uh, hanging in, and any team obviously with Crosby, Malkin, and uh, and Kessel can't be ignored. And uh, you know, let's remember they came uh, a post away from uh, tying that game last night. But I guess if you go back a little further, uh, this I think is the sixth or seventh game. Toronto was played against an opponent who had a, a top flight player or two or three guys going back to that game against Ovechkin uh, about 10 days ago. Uh, then they went out west, uh, saw McDavid once. Uh, they saw the strong Calgary team. They played the Sedins. Uh, they've since come back and uh, played Calgary again. Pittsburgh last night with Crosby, as you mentioned. And then uh, tonight, Connor McDavid. So, uh be interesting to see. It uh, looks like they're going to come out of it with at least a 500 record, uh, which is pretty good. And uh, it bodes well for them going uh, forward uh, once they get through this uh, very tough stretch of, uh, of road games uh, leading into a much more favorable schedule in January. Lance, the Toronto Marlies have uh, probably the best record in the AHL right now. How, how, did, how did the Leafs do it? They have a great team up, up in the NHL, and the Marlies are playing great. And is there any players well, down there that are ready to go? Yeah, you know what? It's uh, you know they have guys like uh, Kapanen, uh who's uh, come back. They got a kid named Andreas Johnson, uh, who I believe is their leading scorer uh, on the Marlies, and nobody's really seen him in Toronto yet. Guy came over from uh, the Swedish champions for Lunda a couple of years ago, and uh, has, has played uh, quite well. And uh, they made a, a good trade for uh, Kirby Reichel, a former first round draft choice of of Columbus, uh, who's you know still still young, still might uh, have something to say. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure they'd want to nurture some of those defensemen down there. Uh, Travis Dermott, I think, had a multi-point game last night. Uh, Andrew Nielsen is a player the Leafs have watched uh, for a little bit. And, of course, the number one draft pick, Timothy Liljegren, is down there as well. So uh, they do, uh, you know, compared to other years, have a, a very good talent base which to uh, to draw from. And uh, I'm sure uh, Mike Babcock's knocking on wood as we speak, but I think they're only uh, at, at nine or ten man games lost to injury, which is uh, – quite remarkable and if they can uh, somehow keep that going uh you know and, and utilize the lineup uh the healthy lineup they have here in toronto it's going to serve them well heading down to the playoffs because i think it's uh you know no team is going to go through the season without some kind of uh significant injury but uh, right now toronto's leading a charm life last it's lou francis Getty. how are you today lou how you doing good thanks we, we know that the cup's got to go through pittsburgh uh right two-time two and also this year they got one more obstacle. They got Tampa Bay Lightning that's playing off the charts. Um, where does this team stand compared to last year? I, I know they're injury free again, which, which is uh, something that uh, a lot of teams wish that uh, they probably had their going for them. Where does this team stand this year at, at this time of the year? And uh, what's happening with Michael Elander? Is, is he more or less is he, is he floating? As I would put it. Uh, and Babcock sending him a message to to get off his high horse and then start playing the way he did it last year, or is it more or less uh, something that maybe Nylander's uh, still the youthness of being inconsistent uh, through the season? Well, Louis, I'll deal with your first point about this. where does this team stand. Uh, I just tweeted out this morning, right now Toronto, I think has won nine one-goal games, and those, uh, as you guys know, are the ones that would kill them before. I think, uh, you know, go, you know, not just last year when they actually did make the playoffs, but I think it was something like 23 or something like that 
uh, one goal losses last year. Right now, it's only down in uh, one or two uh, at this point. So that is a huge difference that they're getting uh, again, getting the goaltending from Frederick Anderson, and uh, you know, slowly playing that kind of defensive hockey that uh, Mike Babcock wants. And I, you know, I mean, that is uh, that's the major improvement I see on the team at this point is they're finally winning those one goal games that used to kill them, you know, in that long decade when they didn't win, uh, didn't get in the playoffs, they were always missing by five or six points. And that's where those one point, uh, one point games come into uh, effect. Now, I guess I'll segue into the second part of your question about Nylander because it, it does uh, have a connection. It's, uh, you know, wanting the team to play better defense and you come to practice and you see, you know, Nylander doing a lot of work and one-on-one battles, that kind of thing. That's the, that's a compete level uh, they want. I won't say they're just they're upset with them, but uh, at, at this stage, uh, where do you put them? You have uh, some really good right wingers. You have uh, Connor Brown playing well enough to warrant ice time with um, with uh, Austin Matthews. You have uh, a couple of other uh, players uh, doing well in that category. You have uh, Marlowe being able to move over and play center. Uh, it's uh, it's Nylander's lot in life right now that uh, he's on the fourth line. He's going to have to start uh, – producing a bit more there and you know maybe the uh, maybe the, the picture will change I don't think they're uh, super hard on him but uh, you do sort of read between the lines when you hear Mike Babcock talk and he's talking uh, you know about uh, the guys who, who deserve the ice time are going to get it and without mentioning Nylander specifically he talks up Connor Brown and he hopes that uh, you know some of that maybe runs rubs off on a guy like Nylander. Lance what is happening to the Ottawa Senators they seem to be going into a free fall and I don't see a recovery coming anytime soon. Is that franchise in trouble? Because I heard rumors that uh, it's for sale, and uh, I could see them going to Quebec City eventually. Well, you know, it, uh, people have counted the Senators uh, out before. Uh, I guess, you know, a lot of dependence, obviously, on Eric Carlson, on the goaltending, and, uh, you know, they... Uh, Last year, a lot of people didn't think they'd get as far as they did, and they, they they threw a big scare into a lot of teams. I don't think they're uh, you know I don't think they're going away soon. It certainly is a crisis, but uh, then again, just look at Montreal, not that uh, not that far away distance wise, and certainly uh, the team everybody had counted out. Suddenly, they get all their players back, and they're they're a different club. Um, as to what their future is, I you know I, I know there's a lot of debate there about putting. Another arena, maybe uh, maybe downtown, and uh, you know, drawing some more fans in there, and certainly a bad sign when you have to curtain off uh, some, uh, you know, some of the upper bowl seats. That's not a, a great sign. But I don't see them going to Quebec. I think the uh, you know, really, Quebec's just a plan B for uh, another team that may fall into some catastrophic situation in the next few years. Uh, you know, but it's good that uh, the Dallas uh, guy has stepped forward and is going to. Uh, Purchase Carolina. There's a lot of uh, teams I think that are in trouble, but I don't think they're going to uh, be moving anywhere soon. And I don't think Quebec, unfortunately, uh, for those of us who certainly want to go there, and Louis, I'm sure, uh, remembers how much fun it was to go and play in Quebec, uh, that they're going to be uh, an expansion team. They'll probably just be sitting there as a plan B for another NHL team that falls into uh, some kind of trouble. We're talking Lance Hornby. Since we're on the topic of Ottawa, I found it, uh, and I want your comments on this, Lance. I found it astonishing that um, uh, Carlson this week uh, went public uh, saying, and he did it in the most strident of terms, that when you know his contract comes up, he's not going to accept, he's going to get whatever the market bears, which is, of course, stating the obvious. I mean, why would you expect that he would take any less? It was just the tone that he did it in and the timing of when he did it. 
I, I found it astonishing why he would have gone public at that particular moment in time. And certainly with, with Eugene Melnick as your owner, I almost got the sense that he was poking the bear. Uh, were you surprised at all that Carlson decided at this particular moment in time to make that statement? Well, it is. I mean, you uh, you know, a lot of teams now they're just trying to avoid that uh, kind of hawk, especially so early in the season. A lot of people say, "Well, I'll you know, I'll wait for another uh, you know more uh, opportune time towards the end of the year to do something like that." The fact uh, that he is a uh, you know a, a player of the stature that he is is certainly worrisome to uh, Ottawa people that he would uh, put uh, his you know that uh, he would have his future sitting out there. That uh, obviously that's going to uh, Cause some uh, long nights, I think, in the in management's uh, in management's eyes. But they've, you know, they've uh, they've put themselves in this box, uh, so to speak. Uh, and and again, I I don't think Ottawa is as bad as they are. Are they good enough to make the playoffs? I don't know that either. But uh, I I think Carlson, uh, especially the way he's uh, you know ingratiated himself in that city the last few years, I, I think uh, he's going to have a lot of fans behind him, and they're not going to have much of a uh, of a club to watch if uh, if they let him walk. We're talking to Lance Hornby, Lance. A couple more minutes, and we do have to, uh, we do have to talk about your book, and it's uh, it's a great book. It's the Toronto and the Maple Leafs, and it's out. It'd be a great, great uh, present uh, during the holiday season. Uh, find it under some tree. It'd be a great read if you're a Toronto, passionate Toronto Maple Leafs fan, or a passionate uh, historical fan of the city of Toronto in the. Uh, in the in the uh, intertwining of the history of the Toronto Maple Leafs in the city of Toronto, once again, Lance, tell us all about your book. Uh, tell us how listeners can get a hold of it, what they can expect to see in your book. Well, thanks, guys. The uh, it's uh, not so much a book on uh, on off on the on the ice uh, exploits of the Maple Leafs. It's uh, it is, as you say, uh, you know, examining the fabric of the team in the city, going way back to the uh, to the Irish immigrants and really to the first recorded. Uh, hockey game in Toronto way back in uh, 1888. But uh, people will say, well, why all the fuss about a team that has gone 51 years without a Stanley Cup? And uh, what's the, uh, you know, what's the attraction? Well, the, the Leafs, uh, maybe unlike the Montreal Canadiens, who certainly won a lot more cups, have uh, a big part in the city's fabric. If you talk about, uh, you know, the, the, there's politics uh, in there, there's uh, you know, there's architecture with Maple Leaf Gardens and all that means. I mean, you can go right up into uh, to what happened yesterday with TFC. Once again, the uh, kind of long, uh, you know, uh, the long reach of the Maple Leafs uh, with Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment is effective there. But I, I think uh, most of your listeners would uh, recall how big the Leafs were in uh, in broadcast, the uh, pioneering efforts of uh, Foster Hewitt when uh, Toronto only had, uh, when Toronto was one of uh, two Canadian teams and the only English team and all the... Uh, all the uh, legacy that uh, Hewitt and his broadcasts had for uh, not just here in Toronto, but but right across the country. And uh, you know, we're talking here on sports radio, and uh, you know how much time of your uh, of your show is taken up with people asking about the Maple Leafs and you guys talking about the Maple Leafs. So it touches sports radio as well. Uh, it touches things like the Toronto Transit Commission. When you think of uh, the uh, iconic station at college and the mural that uh, is up there. I spoke to the uh, gentleman, Charles Pachter, the artist uh, who, who did that. And that is, uh, of course, still there and passed by uh, thousands of people every day. So it's just a look at uh, where uh, where the, the love affair started, what it means and, and why it's been so enduring. And I've been uh, 
you know, used a lot of stuff from the uh, Toronto Sun in my old files, new interviews with the mayor, and even a guy who does leaf-themed funerals uh, at a <laughs> funeral hall. So there's a, lot of, uh, there's a lot of things in there that I think uh, readers are going to find interesting. Uh, the book is Toronto and the Maple Leafs. It's uh, Lance Hornby. Tell us, Lance, uh, like I said, it's a great uh, t- – this time of year, uh, uh, people are exchanging presents, and it would be a perfect present for a passionate Toronto Maple Leaf fan. Uh, where uh, where can our listeners uh, get a copy of your book? It's published by ECW, uh, available at all the, the big bookstores. You can also get it online. And a uh, great forward by uh, Ron Ellis, uh, one of the uh, – one of the uh, the great Maple Leafs and a uh, gentleman who uh, is working now with the the Hockey Hall of Fame, and uh, he's one of the people like Conacher and like many other or Charlie Conacher that is uh, that I go back and uh, look at how you know they were not only great to Toronto Maple Leafs but uh, significant Torontonians as well, raised in the area and uh, you know played for the Marlies and and uh, lived the whole experience. So uh, I think people certainly uh, in Toronto but also outside are going to uh, get a kick out of it. Lance Hornby. Lance, uh, thanks so much. We appreciate your time. Great. Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. It's always a pleasure. Lance Hornby uh, uh, making the point. Uh, great book, by the way, Toronto and the Maple Leafs. Uh, pick it up if you're a loyal Leafs fan, passionate about the history of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, Lance is uh, uh, great. Uh, some great research, some great uh, historical Toronto Maple Leaf stuff. And uh, Leafs, certainly, we talked about... Uh, Larry Tannenbaum, he's got one, he's got two, and Naz, you keep, uh, you haven't come out and said it out directly, but you keep alluding to well, number three. I'm not sure three. which is first, the Raptors or the Leafs. Who, who gets the cup first or their championship first? Um, the NHL or the NBA? That's NHL. it. NHL? Oh, yeah. I see I see. the Leafs. Um, uh taking that one off. You know what? I just realized we only have uh, about 10 minutes on the show. I got a little note on my notepad. I've got some things. The show's got some Pizzaville. Our Pizzaville, of course, has been a loyal sponsor of ours uh, since day one. Some great people, Angelo and Nella and Stephanie, have been big supporters of our show. Um, and we you know, we certainly thank them for all their their support over the years. And, of course, our other sponsors as well. Dominic at Alt Infinity and Claudio at Steel's Paint. Uh, certainly, uh, we couldn't have done what we do without them. And uh, but the good people at Pizzaville want us to give some gift coupons away this morning. We've got three of them: uh, fifty-dollar gift coupons uh, to be used before the end of the year. There, uh, if you haven't been to Pizzaville lately, uh, or if you have been, you know that their their pizza is fabulous. Their panzerottos, their chicken wings, their poppers. Listen, if you're by a phone right now, you've got a reasonably good shot of winning these uh, Pizzaville gift coupons. So if you call in, I'll give you the numbers. Let me get it. i got to find them underneath all the uh, Christmas decorations in studio here. 416-360-0740. Toll free, 1-866-740. So I've got a lot of listeners already know the numbers, Naz, because the lines are already buzzing. Anyways, I'll give out those numbers again. 1-866-740-4740-416-360-0740. We got a lot of lines that just lit up. If you're if the phone's ringing, just wait. Somebody might get to you, uh, and uh, our producer will take down the number. Don't give up just because nobody's answering it. So pr- 
Uh, we're giving away three Pizzaville $50 gift coupons. Sebastian's on the phone. He's on the first call right now. If your line's ringing, you still got a shot. Just wait for him and see if he gets to the line. Uh, thanks so much. And once again, uh, I'll make arrangements to make sure they get in your hands. And uh, uh, they do have an expiry date of the end of the year, so they have to be used during the season. Um, gentlemen, following up our Toronto Maple Leaf discussion, MLSE, one, two, three. Uh, we we're talking about whether it's going to be the Raptors or whether it's going to be the Leafs. Um, I think, and, and I'm going to let you um, um, go a little bit further with that discussion, Lou. You're, you're suggesting it's hockey rather than basketball. Why? Uh, Why? Why? I just think there's more parity uh, in the National Hockey League right now. Uh, the Leafs look like they're uh, they're on the verge of, of doing something special here. Their their talent is very young uh, compared to the Raptors. Uh, I know how the second unit on the Raptor team is more or less as, has won this Raptor team a, a, a few more games than expected. Um, DeRozan is probably in the middle of his prime. Lowry's on the way out, even though they're they're still good, and so is Ibaka in his thirties. Uh, so th- I think that is why um, the Leafs have a lot more impact players than I think the Raptors do to carry them to to the promised land right now. Yes, no, I I agree with Lou. Uh, it's very tough to win in the NBA, especially with the West the way it is, and uh, the Raptors have to go a lot through a lot of hoops to get there. And uh, well, they also got the Celtics, and they also got uh, uh, King James over in Cleveland. <laughs> King King James is playing great. Like uh, you LeBron wonder, James is playing. Uh, he's, he's just, um, uh, yeah. I mean, LeBron's. You know, he's he's in this. He's in the discussion of uh, one of the great players of of all time, um, and that's a de- that's a debate. I don't want to get into that one right now. Uh, that's a bit a debate for a totally different day. Uh, it just seems to me that um, you can't win in the NBA. Uh, because there's only unless you've got one of the marquee players, um, you've got to have a dominant, dominant player. And I'm sure there's been there's been the odd example over the course of history, but most of the teams that have ever won the NBA championship had, say, one of the top three players in the league, top five play, top three players in the league, because there's only five of them on the floor at the same time. And one player on a basketball team makes a huge, much bigger impact on the result than one player on a hockey team. Well, and and the and the Raptors don't have that dominant player. They just don't. DeRozan is a good basketball player. Lowry is a good basketball player. Are they one of the top ten players in the league? I doubt it. And how do you and? And overall, the only way around that model of having the dominant player is to have a team that's from one to player number nine to player number ten. You have to have a team with an incredible amount of depth the, the with a lot the of really good players. But they're, the only other team I can think of like that is the Detroit Pistons from the, from the late 80s, early 90s. Isaiah may have been one of the top five players in the game. I don't know, but I mean that was the bird magic era, and the and just before when 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 yeah, Jordan Isaiah, started. Isaiah in. Thomas was a hell of a player. Yeah. When he played. 
But the, the Detroit Pistons didn't win because of Isaiah Thomas. They won because of Lambeer and all those other guys. Dumar. I mean, they just wore you down. They could play defense like nobody else, and they wore you down. The Raptors don't have the dominant guy, and they don't wear you down. Uh, they're a good team, no question. Are they a competitive team for an, for an NBA championship? In my estimation, no. Do I see it in the foreseeable future? No. I hope I, hope I stand corrected. The Maple Leafs, I have a totally different assessment. In Austin Matthews, in Mitch Marner, and in Nylander, especially Matthews, they've got Matthews going to be one of the top players in the game if he isn't already. And in Nylander and in Marner, you have incredible talents. Um, they just seem, and you know, they just seem they like they only have one or two holes. Lou, how far away are the Leafs? Well, you know what, I I agree to disagree with you because okay. I know the Raptors don't have that dominant player, but then you look at Oak City, they have the dominant player. That's probably one of the best players in the league, top five, maybe top three, Russell Westbrook. And he's not any closer than what the Raptors are because they haven't been able to put the pieces around Russell Westbrook to, to actually yeah. no, to, to, to win Carmelo that. Anthony goes there and they're playing. Yeah. They're not even playing 500. And, and, and Paul George, too. So the Leafs are closer because they have Austin Matthews. Marner and Nylander, you can put pieces in there that could uh, complement Austin Matthews and be a little bit further ahead. They need another defenseman, and if Anderson keeps on standing on his head, they are going to be that much closer to winning a championship. So it's not necessarily having the, the dominant player, but if you've got some good pieces that will give that dominant player a night off two, three, maybe even four or five times a year, it's going to make that, much, that team a lot closer and a lot more united. But isn't that and, what the Leafs are now? Just like, like who, which line came through last night? The second line, Van Reems, like Bozak, thing. But here we go. JVR is an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. Bozak's an unrestricted free agent at the the end of the year. Yeah, but the best part is we got guys on the farm now. But it's going to take them a few years to play up to the level that Bozak and JVR are. Uh, JVR, maybe. Bozak. Uh, he's I, interchangeable. I, he's I understand interchangeable. It he's, a, he's, a, he's a valuable piece, but I think you can replace Bozak. Yeah, because you can put Marlowe or you can put Nylander yeah. at center. But yeah. you gotta, you've got to put the right pieces together. Now, you know, we complain that, that Nylander's a little soft and he's got to take care of 200 feet of he the ice. He got benched last night in the third period. Well, again, yeah. he's a little soft and he doesn't take care of 200 feet of the thing. But you've put him with Austin Matthews. And there's something happens between them. And look at Austin Matthews. For the second time in the last Lou, five. If they he, put you out he, with Austin Matthews, something would happen out hey, there. What did, Zach hey, he put Matt Martin on the line the other night. And look what happened to him. It gives him a little bit more room. Yeah, he I might guess. not have the puck. Exactly. Anyways, guys. Right? Yeah. But he does give those two guys a little bit more room. Yeah. Our good producer, Sebastian, just put the bug in my ear. It's time to get off the air. Uh, so uh, to, to, to Mayor Maritza Bevilacqua, to Lance Hornby, thank you. Uh, to all our lawyer listeners, thanks so much for supporting. Us. We'll be back again next Sunday morning at 9 a.m. Have a great week. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.